Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Director Amanda Lippitz follows three adopted American teenage girls who discover that they are blood-related cousins from China as they begin an emotional journey of self-discovery, connection, and identity. Lippitz is the aunt of one of the girls in the film and felt inspired to help share the story along with the producer, Anita Gao. It is an emotional film. The film is called Found. It is one of those films where are so emotionally invested in the story that it really, really resonates that these young women are trying to find out who they are on so many different levels in the film and uh, just beautifully told. Again, the film is called Found and we're joined today by the director, Amanda Lippitz. Amanda, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. What inspired you to want to move forward with this as a documentary film? You know, for me, all films start with one image. And when my older brother told me that he was having Chloe's bat mitzvah at the wall in Jerusalem, the image of my Chinese-born niece surrounded by our big Jewish family at this incredibly holy place and everything that had to happen in order for that moment to happen, I just had to film it. And then the discovery of Sadie awakened something in Chloe that none of us had seen before. And that was really the genesis of the project. Well, first of all, these young women are around, they're just around high school graduation age, right? 17, 16, 17, 18. Is that about right? So we, they're all at that, you know, that moment of transition into womanhood and that coming of age and at different spots. So Chloe's coming of age. We meet her. She's 13 years old at her her bat mitzvah. Mm -hmm. Um, Sadie is a a little bit older. She's 14 and Lily is just graduating high school. So all these big transition moments where questions inside of you start to rise up and bubble and they become louder and they're very hard to ignore. Amanda, let's take a step back because an important part of the story, really kind of the the frame from which we're which the story is told, is the policy of China during a period of time. Let's talk a little bit about the one child policy of China. The one child policy in China was put in place in around 1979. In the last two years, it's actually they've gotten rid of it. It went to like from one child to two child, and now it's it's not um, part of the law in China anymore. The way the one child policy plays into this film is clearly, obviously, the, the context. But what I'm really proud of in this film is I, I love to tell stories of the heart, and I love to talk to tell the stories of the people on the ground and the truth of how it affected them and the ripple effect, the domino effect that this policy had across generations and across continents. Right. That I wanted to introduce that into the conversation because this is this was a policy, as you stated, one child. And during this period of time, uh, there was a premium put on the male child as opposed to the female child. And, and as a result, a lot of children were 
were given away or were essentially orphaned. And uh, so, so, so that's the big picture, but the, the, yeah. the more intimate picture, which you paint in this film is of these three young women, Sadie, Chloe, and Lily, and how uh, in varying degrees of willingness begin the conversation with their parents and others about going back to China and in finding, finding where they came from. Is that a fair way to put it? Absolutely. I'd say varying, like they all had different goals and it was based on, I think, where they were at the time and what the engine was that was driving them. You know, for Chloe, hers came out a lot in her desire to learn Mandarin and Lily's comes in a different way and Sadie's comes in a different way. And so I feel like what you're seeing is just a really, not every, not all the girls want the same thing on this like larger journey of self-discovery, but what drives them is their connection to each other. And the fact that meeting each other is the first blood relative any of them had ever known. I just want to quickly remind our listeners that we're speaking with Amanda Lipitz and she is the director of the film Found, which is streaming on Netflix as of October 20th. There's a lot of people that you had to essentially bring into the production of this film, in addition to Chloe, Lily, and Sadie, the parents, the extended families of, of them, because they're all a part of telling the story. Was that a challenge? Was it was everyone all in? What sort of a little bit about that, that part of the story, the telling of the story? My family was totally on board and they had, you know, seen my previous film step. And so had this, the, you know, the girls when, when we started to talk about making a documentary. So they knew the tone of my filmmaking, which I think was really helpful. The families are also different, you know, different dynamics, different religions, different parts of the country. So it was so interesting for me as a filmmaker to really add texture that and show these kind of different corners of the world. You know, one of the things that was just so important to all of us, the parents, my crew, the producers, was the girl's emotional well-being. And that was put above any sort of filmmaking at all points and just constantly checking in. So I think that's really what made everyone be so invested in this process. And also the fact that all of these families wanted to go back to China, but the idea of doing it together made it much more exciting for the young women and for the parents. That was really, I think, what got everyone, you know, ready to go and so excited about, you know, this very intimate, um, emotional journey. Well, that's a good point to, to introduce into the story their contact, the person who they were, while they were here in the United States, were in contact with that was going to essentially help fill in some of the backstory of their own lives when the, the period of time when they were in China. Yes, Liu she's Liu the genealogist. Yeah. yeah, she's the genealogist the family started working with to help retrace the past of the girls. She was a terrific person. And I, I say character because she's part of the film and it's one way to describe her, but she was a terrific guide. She was a terrific window into the world of China and uh, and some of the past history of China, but also a very contemporary feel for her, where she is in terms of her life in China. Let's talk a little bit about her and her background. 
Absolutely. I mean, when, when the family started talking about going to China and we realized we needed a tour guide, we needed, you know, someone to not only take us around, but also to do this research and to find the nannies, to find the people that were in these photographs or that the parents had met for one second when their baby was placed in their arms. So, but we, we also wanted to make sure that we were really, it was some, it was a, uh, organization that would focus on the culture of China and not just focus on the adoption portion of it. And so, and we all met Liu Hao. We knew that she was from the region, Guangzhou, where the girls were from, and they were from the same hometown. So that was a really nice immediate connection. Um, what we didn't realize, and it's just kind of a gift from the documentary gods, was how personal this story was for her and that we naturally and organically were getting to experience life um, from the perspective of a young woman growing up during this policy um, from the Chinese side. So that was just really thrilling, magical, and unexpected. Um, And she, Liu Hao, really becomes our fourth girl. Mm -hmm. I really think of her that way. And the connection that the four of them have made will continues to this day and I know will last throughout their lives. Um, But I also think they needed to meet each other. It was fate. She needed to meet them and they needed to meet her in order for all of them to heal because adoption, no matter what, is a trauma. It's a silent trauma. It's something you don't necessarily, and it's the worst kind of trauma because it's something that happens to you and you can't remember it, but it's there inside of you. And so watching these young women come together. And I always say it's like watching them fall in love, but it was also watching them begin the healing process. And as an aunt, as a filmmaker, that's just a beautiful thing to witness. Yeah. And that brings us to another part of the story, excuse me. And that brings us to another part of the story and a part of the story that I had never really considered. And I'm so glad it's a part of this film is the caregivers, the people who were nannies in these orphanages where these young girls were. It's something that it would be easy to to think of them as faceless, bureaucratic parts of this this policy and part of a a system of dealing with these these orphans. But in fact, very much the opposite is true. And I, I just really appreciated this part of the story, something I hadn't considered. I think it gives the film an extra level of emotional resonance. Well, I really appreciate that. I remember seeing the footage from my brother's phone of when Chloe was placed into my sister-in-law's arms. And I saw this woman handing with this huge smile on her face. She couldn't have been happier, but I could see tears in her eyes. And it was just like a little 30 second clip. It's in the movie. And I just said, who is that woman? What is she thinking? How many babies did she take care of? Does she remember Chloe? And then seeing that Lily and Sadie had very similar images with different women. You know, I think Leo Howe sums it up best where she says these women were the frontline warriors of this policy and they stepped in and were the unsung hero. And, you know, when you take care of a baby every single day for 15 months, you could have 30 babies. You know, that baby, I know I have three kids. (laughs) Um, And I know like taking care of a baby day in and day out, you know, your heart and soul goes into it. And when they are, when you give them away and they go off and you have no idea where they end up. Of course, a little piece of your heart goes with them. And so I was just so honored to talk to them and hear 
their stories and where they came from. And, and also I, the girls were, you know, thrilled to hear the little bits of their baby book filled in, you know, was I a good baby? Did I cry? You know, what did I eat? How did I look? That's very meaningful to someone that doesn't have that information. Yeah. Again, it really rounds out the film in a way that uh, that extra amount of storytelling, something, again, something I had never considered, even though I think familiar with what happened during that period of time in China. And you also, it's not, wouldn't be the first time that we, we have heard of neglected orphanages, you know, would, would have sort of fit a narrative that I think a lot of people would have had, but not, not the case. It certainly wasn't the case for these young women and, and these nannies, these caregivers. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea that the, some of, because the orphanages were so crowded that these nannies often opened their homes and would bring yeah. 10, 15 babies into their homes. I had never heard that. So um, learning that was, was also just a big, you know, I, along with, the, with while it was filming, I was just shocked when yeah. Leo Howe called Lily and said, you know, gave her all this information she didn't have. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just so, it's really an emotional journey and, uh, and not the least of which is, seeing it through the eyes of Lily, Sadie, and Chloe, beautiful young women finding their way in the world. And I, I only hope for the best for them moving forward. This has got to be a kind of experience to have done what they did, to go back and to experience what they did. But also uh, now uh, being kind of the face of for a lot of people who will be seeking in some ways, seeking their own answers to some of the questions that they may have had during the period of time when they have may have been in the same situation. And I, I think you've given them an opportunity to look on their own if that, if that's the case, because I'm sure there are many, many hundreds, if not thousands of young people who have faced the same questions. You know, I think there's millions, okay. <laughs> you know, there's so, because I think this is so much, this is such a much bigger story than just being yeah. adopted from China during the one child policy in this very specific time span. This is about anyone who has a question about their past that they haven't filled in, have, was adopted or has a parent they don't know or a grandparent they don't know or is connected with a family member they never knew existed. And because of 23andMe and Ancestry.com and the way the world has opened up since these young women were adopted, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, we are all connected somehow and we have learned this. And so I think, I think a lot of people will find their version of their journey of self-discovery. They'll find the courage to go back into their past and find out who they really are. And I think the girls are leading the way and they, I know that they did it because they wanted to help others because they felt their voices weren't being heard. Um, and, and that's why we all made the film. So we're just thrilled to have the chance to have it on such an amazing platform, such as Netflix, that people all over the world will get to see it. Yeah, the film again is going to be streaming as of October 20th on Netflix and also November is national adoption month and November 9th is national adoption day. And, Anything we can do to remove some of the stigma attached to adoption, put it in the proper perspective, is something that's the all the best for all of us. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. 
I want to thank you, Amanda Lippitz, for your work here. The film, again, is called Found. Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank, thank you for having me. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.